Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and see live streaming of most all of my performances on Periscope. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. Also, consider helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, word of mouth, etc. Happy Thought of the Day is by James Taylor. I believe musicians have a duty a responsibility to reach out, to share your love or pain with others. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 11. Hope you all have been having a fun and meaningful 2015 holiday season. Thanks for tuning in. Last week's gigs wrap-up. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Nice surprise seeing Andrew and Brittany making the trip from Wisconsin for the gig. Upcoming shows, Wednesday, December 30th, 2015. I'll be playing a solo show at Lisa's Place in Carver, Minnesota from 7 to 10 p.m. Thursday, December 31st, 2015, New Year's Eve. Brian Johnson and myself will be playing a show at Wyzetta Bar and Grill in Wyzetta, Minnesota from 9 to 12 p.m. Saturday, January 2nd, 2016. Brian K. Johnson and myself will be rocking out at JJ's Pub in Breezy Point, Minnesota from 5 to 9 p.m. Guest this week is one of my all-time local musical favorites, Will Bauermeister, lead singer and songwriter of the classic Twin Cities, Minnesota band Daisy Head Maisie. We discuss Will's beginnings in the music industry, road stories, songwriting, the movie Meatballs, his latest solo record, their 20-year anniversary show at O'Gara's, and future musical endeavors. Side note, between my microphone placement choices, noise gate settings, and an excited room of people enjoying happy hour, the interview is a bit noisy. My apologies to the listeners and to Will, and I hope it's not too distracting from Will's awesome interview. Thanks. Enjoy the conversation. Hello, Mr. Will Bauermeister. Yes. Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're up here looking over beautiful Hudson, Wisconsin at the yes, Agave Kitchen. A big thanks to Andrea and the staff here for getting us a cool spot up in the corner, kind of before the happy hour crowd comes in. Anyway, we figured we'd start the podcast off. We were talking about Will's latest record, 110 Objects. Yep. And you released that last year, right? Uh, 2013. 13. Yeah, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And Will was showing me this, I was showing him the podcast stuff here, my Behringer board, and I run it to an iPad, and Will had brought his recorder out, 
and he was telling us, telling me how he recorded some of his vocals on this little handheld Captain Kirk looking thing. So it's, what is this now? It's about the size of two um, iPhones kind of glued together. And there's two really good stereo mics on either side of it. And it's, it's just a live recorder made by Enterall, which is, oh, who, who makes Enterall? I forget. And you said you, you recorded a lot of your vocals for your latest record on that? I recorded some of my vocals with this thing, yeah. That's awesome. And you said you're doing it in your car? Sometimes I did it in my car, <laughs> yeah. For all the engineer folks out there, that's, that's kind of, you don't need those big studios sometimes anymore, do you? I won't say that. But <laughs> Neither <laughs> I will need, I. I do need those sound men, though. The sound, the sound engineers are very, yeah. they're weighing gold. Ed Who did Moore. you have help you this last record? James Mengus, my sound man. For Jimmy. Daisy Amazing. Daisy he, Amazing. He's going to be in the podcast for sure, too, coming up. Oh, excellent. I love Jimmy. Yeah, he. I approached him because I was having some trouble with the vocals. And the minute he started pushing buttons on my computer, it sounded better. So I said, Jimmy, will you, do, will you mix my whole albums? Uh, absolutely. So oh. did it in a couple months. He's a great guy. Hooked us up with a bunch of shows. Great sound guy. Um, Isn't he? He's got skills. And he's been in the business for a long time. He's got a lot of experience, Jimmy does. Yeah. Oh, he's awesome. So for the listeners out here, uh, Mr. Will Bauermeister is a lead singer, uh, songwriter of the classic Minnesota band Daisy Head Maisie. Oh, thank um, you. I, I've been following you guys for years. <laughs> um, I remember first move. I come from a small town in Wisconsin. I first moved up to the Twin Cities. You guys were the main band. We used to come see you guys all the time at the Where's Caboos. Where's uh, Turtle Lake, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. That's where I Then I went to UW-Stout, and then I graduated there. I came to the Twin Cities to try to try to make a living in music, for better or worse, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you see you guys at the Caboose and all over the place, and uh, I think we opened for you a couple times at Bunkers. Yep, absolutely. And um, we didn't do much for you, I don't think, but, <laughs> but as far we, as the crowd, but we had a good time. It was good to get to know you and meet you. It was fun. The Bunkers days, it was just a whole lot of fun. It was it the early 2000s or the 90s? Yes, early 2000s. Yeah, that was kind of a heyday for us. Yeah. Once the millennium hit, we really, really, we had a whole lot of fun. We sort of got our business together. Yeah. As a, at, before that, we were just kind of a band. Mm-hmm. I hate to say, I hate to admit it, um, kind of practice. So that was the 90s. And then when 2000 hit, um, Ben joined us. And uh, we also added Corey. Okay. Um, Justin Mishler from the band Medium. Billy nice. Kahn from Jackie Q joined us for a little while. Okay. And Corey, uh, Corey White was from uh, Charlie's Cafe. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. So you guys started up Daisy Head Maisie in Mankato, right? 95 in Mankato, yep. 95 in Mankato. Um, I hear about you guys all the time. All the, It seems like everyone that graduated from there, you guys are still folklore down there. Is there statues you guys down there yet or no? There's a there's a big stone <laughs> buffalo down there. I'm from Buffalo, Minnesota. Oh there you and go. And I've always taken that, that statue personally as if as if whenever I arrive, you know, the Buffalo Mankato's saying, Hey Will, good to have you back. I was Buffalo. <laughs> oh that's awesome man. Um so ninety five, um how'd you guys get all started up? Just hanging out in college with some friends? I was in a folk band called the Divers since ninety one. Okay. And in 95, um, I had a buddy, uh, Doug, who was friends with a band called Elegy. And I was looking for a side project, and his friends in Elegy were looking for a side project. So we, we all met each other at uh, a get-together. And the, the four of us kind of clicked. It was me and one of me and then three of them. And we just kind of clicked. We got together and met at someone's house. And the band formed, and things really, really happened really, really fast. We were friends with two or three people who were connected in town with different venues and clubs. 
And so clubs gave us a, a chance. We would played at the What's Up for a long time, and then we moved over to Buster's. Okay. Cato. And Buster's kind of gave us an anchor show once every month or so to play there. And then, of course, Danny O'Gara in the cities, in St. Yep. Paul, got us in the city pages every week. And so that really helped. Really? Yeah. That's when the city pages was the city pages. I remember yep. cutting out every single ad that we ever had in there. Yeah, and Danny O'Gara really was pretty instrumental in helping us out there. Um, when you guys started up, did you really think of that? Okay, first of all, where did the, the name Daisy Head Daisy <laughs> come from? Funny that you asked that. Because we started up, um, I wanted <laughs> the name Daisy Head Daisy comes from. Our bass player is a big Dr. Seuss fan. <laughs> like, we wanted to use the name Daisy Head Daisy. I agreed to it only because I thought we'd last three weeks. Yeah. I didn't think we'd even last a month. I wanted to be the phone cops. That is an allusion to the TV show WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh my God! There is uh, just just YouTube the word phone cops WKRP <laughs> and you'll see the episode. It's it's my favorite episode. I wanted to be the phone cops. They said no, and I said, Well, I'm cool with Daisy and Maisie. They were gonna last. Sixty-seven, seven years later, I'm buying the name Daisy and Maisie from our drummer. Wow. And, to own it, yeah. <laughs> so, but you guys, it's you guys had to spell it differently, though, right? Than the Doctor Seuss. We did spell it differently. Yeah, we t- t- toyed with a bunch of different. Did you have any trouble with that by anybody? Any buggy about that name? Or? Phone calls were made, inquiries were made, and what we found was, what we were told was, as long as we don't make a children's book called Daisy Head Maisie, we're in the clear. Did you have any mothers showing up with little kids thinking it's a children's show? And here it's a bar in Mankato? No, but web searches <laughs> web searches web searches frustrated a lot of people. Sometimes. Okay. I gotcha. So it never occurred to you in the back of your mind that coming up on Saturday, December 9th or January 9th, is it? Yeah. You guys are celebrating your twenty year anniversary at O'Gara. Speaking of Danny O'Gara. Um, yeah. Did you ever think you guys would be around for twenty years? Um, you know, as people, of course, that would be around. But as as a band, um, I, I wasn't sure, you know, because band, bands' careers are getting shorter and shorter all the time. I'm very, very grateful that we lasted that long. Of course, we had a reunion with three other bands last May, and those three other bands were kind of in our, uh, they were contemporaries of ours, yep. kind of the late 90s, early millennium. And we're, we, we all just kind of shared a gratitude that we lasted for 20 years, and that comes from... An audience who was willing to to uh, to support us, mm-hmm. the purchase of CDs, and uh, buying our merchandise, and then uh, showing up at shows and things like that. Yeah, um, how long did it take you guys to catch on in the Twin Cities? Because well, you guys built a big following in Mankato, and then you came up to the Twin Cities. You start up like at O'Gara's, the the bar there. Danny was really yeah. Danny O'Gara was really instrumental in giving us a leg up. He got our name in the city pages every week, and that's when we noticed a huge. That was a huge difference. Okay. Uh, phone calls, inquiries. Uh, uh, what do you call it? a fan base? Sales of CDs. All that stuff increased when when Danny got us at O'Gara's, and he gave us a couple of. You know, we experimented with us. He gave us a, a house gig for a while. Then we became the weekend uh, an anchor gig. Uh, that's different because it's you know once every month or so. Yeah. And so it was it was really nice that we were able to, to work with him. And I think the timing was right too. That was the heyday. I call it the wild, wild west of the Minnesota music scene. There's yeah, so many cool bands at that time. 
It's funny because someone from Mankato found me in the middle of nowhere and he said, do you guys know your heyday, that kind of halfway through the 90s, first part of the 2000s, that post-Kurt Cobain, <laughs> post-Nirvana years. And he said that was that was why original music and local original music was so popular. Really? Because Nirvana sort of cooked everybody up for that. They were so, they had a feel of local, um, local local music they stirred up the love for local music everywhere and so people if they were into nirvana they were they were looking for it opened up their minds and they were looking for more original music original music is sort of being sort of marginalized nowadays absolutely there's mostly cover bands and you know what god bless them i'm not against it at all i'm just saying wow it's just a really different it's a different the, the business is different now that when you and I were in our 20s and our 30s. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's completely different. Um, speaking of the local scene, who were some of your favorite bands um, locally in the Twin City scene or Mankato you guys like to used to work with or used to listen to or inspired by um, throughout your career? Hindu Rodeo. Hindu From Rodeo? Remember those guys? No, I don't. That was Joel Sales, Jerk Frymouth, Jimmy England, and they were, they were a power trio. And they would come to Mankato, and they would just rock. They would just hit it. They just the stage was just electrified all night long. I don't remember them taking a break, maybe because their show was just so darn amazing. Um, but Hindu Rodeo was just incredible. And I mean, a guitar player, a bass player, a drummer—if you, your eyes were closed, you'd think there was an orchestra in front of you. Really. Just really, really good, fantastic music. What's some other favorite local bands you guys used to work with? Or? Mark Zeller, The yeah. Hardways, The Gear Daddies. Love those guys. Our uh, bass player and drummer were from Austin, and they were both 10 years younger than Martin Zeller. I think our drummer was babysat by Martin Zeller. What? Yeah. Yeah, that was, there's there's some real closeness there. Uh, oh, wow. Yep. And uh, Martin Zeller gave us one of our first... Uh, ooh, maybe. I, was, I would say we owe Martin Zeller two or three of our early big gigs. You ha one thing about your band and your recordings, you have a very unique singing style, in my view. Who are some of your influences as far as vocally, like performance-wise? Well, I've always loved James Taylor. James Taylor is my top all-around musician, so I, as taken as a whole. But then I, I break it down into my favorite voice, is well, I love James Taylor. Is uh, my favorite male voice is Freddie Mercury. I okay. Mean, there's God in this Freddie, <laughs> and the female voice is uh, uh, Aretha Franklin. If she oh, walked in the awesome. room right now, I'd go to tears, and I would be on the floor. <laughs> yeah, she's incredible. Just amazing. And then for a newbie, uh, uh, I hate to say it, it, didn't take long for me to fall in love with her voice, Amy Lee from Evanescence. Oh my God! I just stumbled across that too. I've heard this. I've heard the band like what are they around like ten years ago or something yeah. like that at least. I stumbled across that too. She's got that same quality. It's really you believe every word she's saying. Absolutely, and you listen to her music, and her music isn't as uh, is the heartbreak in the music. If you were the guy that broke her heart, you would feel just horrible. Because, I mean, she really sells that she's been hurt, oh, and, it, and she reminds you of what she did for you, and you will feel wrong. I mean, I feel bad, and I do, I, I do even better, you know, I feel like I broke up with her or something, you know? Exactly, I got that same feeling when I listen to her as well. I don't, I should explore more of their stuff, 
but uh, I really am aware of their hits. Incredible but, band that kind of, for lack of a better term, uh, I'm a middle-aged man, so I'm going to call it neo-gothic. I'll apologize right now if that's not the correct term or if it's just not a term at all. Term, term at all. But those ne- some of those neo-gothic bands are really, really neat. There's another one called Nightwish. Have you heard of those guys? I have not. They're Swedish. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. Check out Nightwish. Okay. Amazing stuff. That's good stuff. I have a list Not of bullet, I have bullet points to talk to Will about for Here the podcast. Go. I had never thought in a million years we'd be talking about Evanescence. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> but here we are, yeah. Um, so, what were some of your favorite... Okay, we talked about... Is there any... What are some of your favorite... Because um, you guys used to tour around as well. Like, Weren't you playing like at uh, Iowa and, and Nebraska and things like that? Late '90s or uh, the early 2000s, we were with a we had a co- the college agency was sending us around. Okay, what were some of your favorite venues when you were touring around like that? Well, that was all colleges. So I mean, we did um, Augustana, we did Stout, Scholastica, we did some universities, we did College, we did we went down to Carbondale, uh, Peoria, Chicago, out to New York, we went to Schenectady, we went down to Atlanta. We went out to Montana. That was a blast. Do they pay you guys to travel well? Uh, we yeah, we made enough money nice. on the road to pay our bills and, and live and come back. What really helped is that we we get those shows kind of help us help our name get out there, and then uh, you really make your money. We we kind of made it our money kind of back home. Our anchor shows, um, CD sales back then were something you could actually put in your pocket. Oh. Where nowadays, CDs are just something you kind of have to have for the people who, who buy CDs. Yeah. There's plenty of stuff. Yeah, the business is so different. Yeah. Um, talking about CDs, what was your guys' first album? It wasn't They're All Wearing Pearls. Is that their first record? That was their first full-length album. Full-length album. We had an LP before that one that was untitled. We called it Unsigned. <laughs> Because when you because back then that was ninety five ninety six that was ninety six, back then a lot of bands and people in the business were shooting out the word signed and unsigned. Whenever it came to discussions about bands, it was all are they signed or are they unsigned? What is it? And we and we just like, well, we better. It was like a joke. We better put unsigned so that people know what half the what half of the of the bands were on and stuff. So what was that? Oh, so did part of those songs wind up on Pearls as well? Uh, let's see. Yes, has to be. Yep, our hidden track and two or three of the of the of the main tracks did. So how, where did you record? They're all making Pearls. That's what I'm really familiar with. I love that record. Otho, the, Iowa. Otho, Iowa. Junior's Hotel. Have you heard of it? No, I have oh, not. Oh, blast! So much fun. In the middle of Otho, Iowa, you have to drive south of Mankato to hit Fort Dodge, and then you turn. Which direction you turn? You turn east for a few miles, five miles. Middle of a huge cornfield, and, and there's a recording studio in the middle of it. And it's all seed corn, but the two rows around the studio are sweet corn. So you can go very fresh sweet corn. It's Iowa, so it's the best sweet corn in the world. There, I said it. And then you pull off two, two ears, put it in the microwave for two or three minutes, and it's just excellent. Life, life is great. Life couldn't have been better. Brad Heck recorded us at... Uh, Brad Heck? Yeah. Isn't like Brad Heck that's still around in the cities? Yeah, I, bu- I bumped into him at, at in Rose. Yeah. Does he do taxes for folks now? He did, yeah. Yeah. 
Brad. I haven't seen him in probably 10 years. He mixed us at uh, Visha. And then he said, before you guys step into the studio again, you guys you guys give me a call. And we did. And we don't wow. regret it. Brad Heck. I know. He yeah. played, he subbed up for guitar for the Whiskey Roses a few times. Oh, yeah. I definitely. get along with him real well. Great guy. He'd be a good guy for the podcast, too, wouldn't he? We He's love him. Call him. Call him for the podcast. So some of them, them songs off that, they're all wearing Pearl's record. So yeah. my favorite Daisy and Maisie song is yep. My Capacity. Right on. That's on that record, right? Yep. What is the name? I've heard, I can sing the whole thing right now. Is it Arobi? Arodi? Well, he wrote, he wrote a letter to me. He wrote. Well, he wrote, he wrote a letter to me. It's he wrote. Well, he wrote a letter to me. It's he, well, he wrote. Well, he wrote, he wrote a letter wow. to me. I always thought it was some guy's name. Well, he wrote, he wrote, that's what I thought. Oh, my gosh. What do I know? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, think, I think a lot of people... Thought it was, I was talking about a past Brody that wrote a letter to me when they were, they were ticked off about how things went. Yeah, I don't think I'm the only one that thinks you're mentioning something. <laughs> what, where did that song come about? That one is about, that's about the liberation from, I, I, in my high school years, I had a few problems with um, some domineering friends. And that was, a, that was sort of my uh, liberating song to people saying, I'm going to take control of my life now. Yeah. Back off. Um, Thank you. A lot of this, my songs were written in the twenties, in my twenties. Yeah. And I, I was in an angry phase back then. And when I discovered songwriting in college, because that was my study, I studied, and I just, yeah, I, I was like, I can do this. I can't say things in my words when I talk to people. I can say things on paper and then sing it to people, and then sort of the, the Tito Puentes uh, formula, <laughs> setting someone's heart on fire. Oh gosh, um, that's a, one of my favorite songs out there. Another one would be "Never Forget." Never forget. Um, she always laughed when I throw a ball or something like that. She laughed at me when I that line. That's kind of a funny one too. Yeah, there's two or three. That was that. Uh, that song is about my dating experience. Okay. There is one person who all the words kind of apply to, but there's two or three girls that at least a couple of verses apply to. It's basically d- dating experience for me. I remember rocking out to those shows at the Caboose and the whole place just jumping up and down and going crazy. Um, but I want to transition now to the new record, 110 Objects, which some of my favorites that stand out would be the Dakota one is awesome, that creepy guitar part. It's, it's yeah. a super cool song. And then the one that seems like kind of a classic Daisy Head would be if I had you in a, if I could had you in a pill. If they could put you it puts you in a pill. And then of course beside me that first song. So how is your subject matter song? And I think those stand up to anything you've ever done. I love this new record. Yeah. Um, how is your songwriting process? Or subject, how has it changed in like close to twenty years difference? Well, I've I've moved towards the classic folk song a writing style, um, God save me, which is where you write slower and over a longer period of time, you write more verses, and then you you know you the folk songs used to be written by several people, 
you know, 20 people might write a verse each, and then those those 20 verses are known, and over time they're, they're kind of pared down to three, and those three songs are what people sing, and then it becomes a song, and that's a traditional folk song. Then over time, you know, it evolves, and eventually people can put it kind of on their own um, workspace and stuff. Um, I, I'm taking more time to write, write my songs, letting them evolve. Um, Beside Me is actually one of the first songs that I wrote when I came back to outdoor education. I took a hiatus from, from teaching, uh, okay. basically in the camp world for about 17 years when I came back to it. That was one of the first songs I wrote. And I, I was intentionally trying to put the camping environment, the wilderness, oh, uh, the outdoors into, into music. It paints a beautiful picture. Uh, that is just a, an incredible song. I like Thank how you. it's recorded too. And So this episode, it can only yeah. be 30 minutes tops. So do you mind sticking around? I'm supposed to go play at the Nova and Hudson a little bit. Do you mind doing a part two with me here? Let's do it. Part two. Okay, so let's do one one final question before we'll finish this episode yeah, and then uh, and uh, stick around here at Agave Kitchen here in beautiful downtown Hudson, Wisconsin. Again, thanks to Andrea and all the staff here for treating us real well. But last question for this episode. So you said you're in camp counseling for 17 years, right? Or I, summer I camp work? I hiatus from, from camping. But you, but you were in it for a long time. Well, I, I did I did, uh, I did camp, summer camp. Summer camp, that's that, it. I was, uh, that was, I did a summer camp career for, I was a camper, and then I was a volunteer counselor, that's like a high school counselor. And then I was a counselor for one year. And then that's when I started doing music. And okay. I did just music and not not camping for 17 years, and then I came back to camp. Okay, came back to it. Yeah. My question is, yeah. what's your favorite summer camp movie? That one's easy. Meatballs. Meatballs. Absolutely. One of my favorite movies of all time, and it makes you want to be a camp counselor for I summer camp. I compare all other camp movies to Meatballs. God save us. Have, do, you, do you remember the song in that movie? I've seen it also two million times. I'm kind of aficionado for that movie. I love Bill Murray. It's and all the that best. Stuff. It's absolutely the best. It's I don't know who sings it. But it's, uh, it's called Moon Dust. When they're all traveling on the, the the. Let's just say it was the summer. That's Tom Jones, isn't it? It's it's some Tom Black, I think. Let's oh. say it was the Moon Dust. The vines behind the water. <laughs> isn't that a great song? It's, it's it's gorgeous. It's right at sundown. It's it's great. We have to figure that out. And they go on an overnight. Everything in that movie is just so, it's too real. Have you ever told the hook story to any of your uh, kids? No, but guess what I do? <laughs> I have oftentimes sung the It Just Doesn't Matter song. Uh, it That's just great! It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. We're going to end this episode on that. Will Bauermeister, I love you. You're a hero, man. Uh, Please stick around for part two of the Mark Steer Music Podcast. Thank you very much. That was Will Bauermeister of Daisy Head Maisie. Please tune in next week for part two. Story behind the song segment for the week is a song called Beside Me off of Will Bauermeister's latest record, 110 Objects. He discussed the origins of this song during the podcast. All I know is that it's one of my favorites he's ever done. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Stare Music Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the program. We will see you back here for a new podcast about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time.
I was headed for the river by the old beach road. Passed by the meadow and arranged where the deer lie down the road. After the village, it's down the path. It's a risk in the winter time when there's no other way to pass. So I took it quick with a little lock on the counter ten. February trees hang low and the ice is built up on them. And I made it to the creek before it doubles back. I look into your eyes and I just have to ask Is there any place in there inside your mind where you hide me? Is there any place in there inside your mind you can find me? Is there any place in there inside your mind? Anything in there defined by our time Remind you that you were if only a while beside me. I remember the summer in the woods we spent, and the way the raindrops fell when you're looking at it from a tent. The wind and the mesh came through the trees, and the sound of the red winged blackbird hanging out on the so I met the sun with a little squint and a crooked neck Sometimes I can find a glow even if the ground is wet And I have to wonder where the hoop will I grow And I see you and your answer is my question's goal Is there any place in there inside your mind where you hide me? Is there any place in there inside your mind you can find me? Is there any place in there inside your mind? Anything in there defined by our time To remind you that you were if only a while beside me without me Inside me is an open mind A logical brain that harbors optimism So sue me if I made up my mind to believe Maybe you may come to your senses On the infinitesimal chance You weren't already in them When you said goodbye Remind you that you were if only a while beside me.